What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Conservative Connection. Today, we're going to be talking about the overturning of Roe versus Wade. We're going to be talking about uh, certain things that were written into the show. And we have a special guest here today, Pastor Rich, joining us today um, after popular request from his previous appearance. All today, here on the Conservative Connection. And Corn Pop was a bad dude. Conservative Connection. Come on, man. Pastor Rich, great to have you back. Oh, thank you. Good to be back. Yeah, uh, yeah. a lot's uh, a lot's happened. But first, <laughs> I want to get to um, things that were written into the show. So, uh, Pastor Rich had one of the most positive uh, responses I've ever had from a guest, and that was also one of my most downloaded episodes. So, thank you for that. Um, people really uh, appreciated what you had to say. So, we had um, a few people write in. And uh, one of them said, you two discussed how every great empire that has died has died from uh, suicide, both moral and uh, financial. I could not agree more. Additionally, hyperinflation is almost always a footnote at most in the history books or a neglected fact at worst. But hyperinflation really is kryptonite for the social and moral fabric of a nation because it makes everyone increase their time preferences to unhealthy levels and cause people to make more decisions for the present at the expense of the future. As Milton Friedman said, the only solution for high inflation is high living. Um, what impact do you think this has had on Americans? Have we always been a society that lives for today rather than thinks of the future? How do you think that affects us? And what do you think about uh, our current moral system? Man, a lot to unpack there. Yeah, well, I think uh, morals have a great deal to do with finances. Um, whenever you have financial extravagance to the for the form of opulence and almost decadence, it always is a sign of moral decadence. Uh, I'm doing a series on Sunday mornings on Second Timothy, the last letter that Paul wrote before he died. And he's imparting some wisdom to his son Timothy. And he said, in the last days, perilous times shall come. These words meaning things that are just calamitous. And he says 
First of all, he runs the list as men shall be lovers of themselves. It's the first of 18 negative qualities that a society has before the end comes. Men loving themselves, uh, if you have huge credit card debt, if you are spending beyond your means, that's a moral problem, not just a financial problem. Because the fact that I think I deserve to have this new car when I can't afford one. I mean, I grew up in the 50s and 60s, and, and I can tell you, I drove a lot of rust buckets. And uh, it was never, I didn't feel bad about it. It was what I could afford. And when our friends, we'd be out and they'd say, hey, you want to go over here? want to do this? And I'd say, well, let me see. Open my wallet. The wallet's empty. Time to go home because right. you didn't have credit. So if you didn't have it, you didn't spend it. And so uh, today, credit, easy credit has fed a man's lack of self-disciplines. And so when you don't have self-disciplines, guess what? You, you move everything to excess and finally everything reaches its limit. It's what I call the uh, principle of diminishing returns. Principle of diminishing returns. So if I say, hey, uh, Andreas, listen, hey, let's go to Culver's, let's have a milkshake. He's, hey, yeah, I love milkshakes. So we get a milkshake and I said, hey, uh, let's have a second one. You go, wow, I don't know, two, two, that's a lot of calories. Hey, let's do it. So we do two. Finally, you say, hey, let's do a third one. You go, oh, I don't, I can't, I can't think of a third one or a fourth one before long you're vomiting because you reach the saturation point and God put on every human being a governor. In other words, this is too much. And when you exceed the limit, it always leads to perversion. So that the Romans who love to eat, they would have big parties with lavish food. And then because they could only eat so much, they would go out into the back garden and regurgitate. And then they get filled up again and regurgitate again. So that's what's taking place in our society. We're trying to regurgitate uh, so we can devour more. And yet we're never satisfied. Yeah. You know, it's kind of funny because I was looking at the, um, the used car uh, economics, and they were saying that some of the loan to value uh, credit that they're giving out is 120 yeah, percent. So, yeah. so they're actually it's re it's reinforcing what you're talking about because they're giving out way more than people can afford to pay back. And eventually, the chickens are going to come back to roost, and they're going to realize that the whole used car economy is going to come crashing down. And what they don't understand is that debt is slavery. Yeah. You are a slave to your desires. I want a bigger, newer, nicer, and that costs money, and I keep wanting it even though I can't afford it. And easy credit lets me do it. And now we've we've shackled ourselves. We are slaves like any of those in those slave ships. We're shackled to a lifetime of slavery. We will never pay this debt off. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons why um, it's become a new movement to try to not go to college and find an alternative like a trade or going into the fire department or other different areas as well because with high inflation it gets harder and harder to pay debt and you, you even mentioned this in a, a sermon you said you, you guys if you have debt please pay it off because the higher the inflation gets the harder and harder it becomes to pay it off it's uh, like I said the last time we were here uh, inflation makes you work harder to pay more with money that buys you less and the only way to outpace inflation is to have a hard asset that goes up with the inflation which there aren't any around i i just looked at the price of silver yesterday yeah price of silver is around 20 bucks if you want to buy a silver dollar american u.s silver eagle you're going to pay 36 to 40 dollars so you're going to pay a hundred percent premium just to have a silver dollar yeah. why is the premium that high the coin dealers couldn't tell me 
it's not just supply and demand. It's the fact that they can get it because people are trying to get out of dollars and get into hard assets. Exactly. Hang on one second. We got, we got an ambulance coming by. I'm just going to make sure there's there's no problem with that. I'm going to hang on one sec. So back to what we were talking about earlier. Um, yeah, it, it goes back to the World Economic Forum saying things like you'll own nothing and be happy, which I reinterpret as when you own nothing, we'll be happy. Exactly. Because <laughs> they're not, they're not uh, disgorging their, their no. wealth. No, no, they're hanging on to it with both hands. Yeah, it's a, it's a fascinating thing. But yeah, that, that was a really good question. I want to get into uh, more here. So we also had somebody write in and say... Um, yeah, so, th so that was a good comment about innumerable empires in the past having the same financial suicide that we had in the in the in the West now and with Rome. Um, I think in the show you guys were talking about how modern families are not as strong. I definitely agree with that and wanted to emphasize just how much government welfare undermines the family. And I wanted um, your pastor's comments on that about how it lowered the social cost of distancing yourself from your family and extended family. From what I've seen, in the absence of such handouts, it's very wise for people to swallow their pride and to reconcile differences because they might have to rely on each other on a rainy day. Now people go to the government. What are your thoughts on how this has affected the family and parents and children reconciling differences to rely on each other? Well, that's a big topic. Yeah. Um, I think family was always family. You were totally committed to your family, brothers and sisters, moms and dad, grandparents, which was essential to the unit <clears throat> and it built stability and it built trust. Today, uh, you want to trust the state, but the state is untrustworthy. Look at politics and look at the state. At every level, it's showing mistrust. I mean, everything from this raid on, on uh, Miralago, wherever you stand on it, it's a violation of someone's rights and the state is supposed to be there to protect us. Yeah, we're gonna they're get to that. not protecting anything. They're the assault, they're gonna assault you. Yeah. And they're gonna take your finances and if you study history, governments have killed more of their own people and taken more of their own people's money than any robber baron or murderer. Yeah, yeah, it's it's quite scary. And speaking of that, we also have the IRS thing, which we are going to talk about later. Oh, I've got I've got some interesting stats on that. But yeah, there there's been a lot and. Um, a lot of my black friends talk to me about this, about how um, welfare and essentially during the LBJ days, um, like it, it ruined the black family. And they were saying that at the time, I think uh, some single mothers were uh, gaining in from welfare, exceeding over $60,000, which was the average man's income, more than the average man's income. And they were saying that that money wasn't there to help a person on a rainy day. That person that was there to kick the man out of the home. And uh, we yes, saw so what happened with that. Or to make it um, financially enhancing to not have him around, even if he was around, to pretend he's not around. Yeah. If you've ever read Thomas Sowell, who's uh, a black historian and philosopher, he's got a book out called uh, Intellectuals in Society and how intellectuals have ruined everything they've touched. Intellectuals said, oh, we just need to help the black family. You know, before LBJ, there were about 85% of black families were together. They were a nuclear family and they worked hard and they provided. And they were prospering. They were prospering and they were moving up the economic ladder and many were recipients of that. And then he goes into uh, FDR, World War II, he had what they called the brain trust. He had these brilliant guys who were gonna solve all the problems. 
it is provable that they extended the depression by up to seven or eight years longer than it should have been with all their bright programs and their socialist ideas. Yeah. And then in the 60s, when Kennedy came in, he had the whiz kids. We're going to bring in Robert McNamara from Ford Motor Company, and he's going to direct the war in Vietnam. And he thought we could systematize it like you systematize a, a production line. And they said he ruined everything and all of his great decisions proved catastrophic. We could have won that war six times over, but the brain trust, the whiz kids were going to solve all their problems and they turned out to be utter disasters. And the thing is, if they didn't have PhDs after their name, they wouldn't be heard because we'd be laughable their ideas. But when someone's an intellectual, they think if I'm an expert, in one field that makes me an expert in all fields. Yeah. I mean, Bobby Fischer wasn't commenting on political science or in sports. He stuck to chess. These intellectuals need to get their head out of everything else. And then we have these movie stars because they're great actors and actresses or singers that suddenly they're experts on political science. Yeah. Foolishness. I miss the old days. Well, I wasn't alive during the old days, but I remember like my friends or family watching interviews of Elvis. And he's like, what do you think about the war? He's like, he's like, baby, I, I don't comment about stuff like that. He's like, I, I stick to my old thing. Yes, he's stuck to singing. That's it. <laughs> he's like, and then she's like, well, can you just, he's like, no, thank you. Yeah. yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah, that's right. Thank you very much. <laughs> but, um, man, uh, you guys, you guys had so many good comments. Um, they were talking about the weakness and family bonds. We kind of went over that on uh, government dependence already. Um, destruction of family bonds. So I can say one more thing about yeah. family. Uh, in my day, um, this was before the pill, the birth yeah, control pill. That revolution. And so, things. you know, hormones kick in and all of a sudden man wants woman and woman realizes that to say yes to a man before marriage means it puts her at a disadvantage. She may have an unwanted pregnancy. So she goes, well, oh, stop, brakes. Women have the brake pedal, guys have the gas pedal. If you want this, then you have to do that. And guys said, okay, I'll pay the price. They got married and for the most part, they were very moral and faithful to their wives and children. And yeah. wives had children, therefore they were faithful to their family. Today, the breakdown of the marriage, the feminist movement that began in the 60s, totally ruined marriage and they kept saying everyone's doing it well everyone wasn't doing it no. but the media had the megaphone and when media has the megaphone it shouts out everyone else and slowly the evaporation of the family unit uh, the lack of commitment to one another and they think if i'm not committed to marriage therefore i can live the free life i know friends who've lived a free life it's not that good <laughs> it's not that good yeah you know everybody every, everybody i think in their 20s especially men especially they probably looked up in the 80s and 90s to people like charlie sheen i mean look where the eventually that you pay for the consequences of that but you find out too late oh yeah you found out way too late you know i feel feel bad great actor uh very talented guy and you know you look at him and you it's it's almost laughable now to be like wow charlie sheen was the the a-lister but you know I, I, it's funny, we view these celebrities and I, I often see that as their life gets more and more, it tends to um, derail their careers. I mean, we look at Tiger Woods, you can look at a bunch of these other people, oh. unless they're already known as that. But sometimes that just gets covered up. I mean, we know about JFK and everything else where it's excused and everything else, but I, I, I think this is more about politics. Um, can, I, can I ask you a question? This keeps pop, popping up a lot, and my friends question me about this, and honestly, I'm sick of answering the question, but 
People always try to take certain segments of the Bible that have to deal with polyamory and polygamy where it comes to multiple wives and they try to justify it as some kind of excuse to why this is a better system. But when I look at the Bible, Pastor, I don't see a lot of areas in the Bible where somebody had multiple wives and it ended up being a better thing for them in the, in the end. It was always a bad thing. Yeah. God never condoned it. Yeah. He permitted it just yeah. like... Uh, when my sons were teenagers, I said, there's things, you're old enough now to make some decisions. There's things I will, I will give you permission to do, but not blessing. Right. And so, yeah, God gave it. And every time it ended up to be a hot mess. Yeah. I mean, you get two women in a kitchen, you got a problem. <laughs> and it just doesn't work. It's never worked. Ask Solomon, who probably had a thousand wives. Yeah. And if you read uh, the book of Ecclesiastes, he said, you know, among men, it's hard to find a good man, but among women, you can't even find one. <laughs> what he was, and why would he say that? I mean, that's a horrible thing to say, but yeah. why would he say it? It's because he lived with a thousand women in his head. Yeah. They were, I want this. Can you get me that? He built temples to their gods and goddesses that never made them happy. I can't imagine that much nagging. I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> I, oh. I'm, I'm not trying to no. be offensive, but it's just, and uh, one of the things I also have to uh, add as a disclaimer is uh, King Solomon, when when you made peace with a nation, oftentimes they yeah. would grant you wives and concubines. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the more your kingdom expands, it, if you, to reject that is considered an insult. So I think it's a little bit of a different situation than Joe Schmo, who says, hey, I want to have three women as wives. I mean, even you had shows with Bill Paxson, like Big Love, and it's like, even in that show, it shows, okay, he's got three houses and he's got all these kids to support and everything. Like, I don't understand why... People think that the Christian church, like I understand the Mormons have their own thing. That's not Christianity. It's, it's, it's a cult. <laughs> it's never going to work. Yeah, it's, it doesn't they, work. Um, they, they even had TV programs where they kind of showed the, the Mormon family. And, and, and be, you peel the onion, you get yeah. behind the scenes a little bit, you find out it's just not good. I mean, women normally could be very peaceful. Well, when they're in competition with another woman in the house, there's going to be competition and there's going to be hostility and yeah. jealousies and oy, 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 who wants that, right? So, yeah, he was he was a tormented man. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it's not fun. And just look, look at the stories in the Bible. Like, look at Abraham and Sarah. Look at Esau and his two wives. Look at, uh, like, Jacob and all the things that came from that where eventually he, they're, they're saying, hey, you, you have to be with me because I traded you um, these these weeds in my garden, it, 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 it gets pretty insane. But Well, look at Jeffrey Epstein. I mean, here's a classic case of a pervert yeah. that kept getting more and more and more perverted, yeah. and he was never satisfied. He, he was a very miserable, unhappy person and became a very debauched person, and who knows how many young people were molested by this man and his friend, uh, all for the sake of sexual gratification, and in the end, they weren't. No, it's it's never going to end in, in gratification. But I, I just get annoyed. I, I get annoyed when people try to take certain sections of the Bible. They do this with politics, too, of course. They, there's, they say things like, oh, Jesus was an immigrant who did this and this and this. I'm like, oh, you're, you're kind of a, uh, <laughs> you're interested in the Bible. Why don't you come to church? And they're like, oh, no, no, I think I'm good. <laughs> uh, well, most people have never read the whole Bible. That's the thing. It's you, you can nitpick anything yeah. apart if you just pick a scab long enough, it'll bleed. Yeah. Speaking of the Bible, we did have a question that came in, and uh, this was Alex, and he said, uh, what is a passage of Scripture that is very often overlooked that has a lot of importance for today? Oh, where shall I begin? I know. There's a ton of them. Uh, there's too many, but... Um, 
I think Solomon, who was said to be the wisest man on the earth, God gave him wisdom, but his wisdom, he, he let, it led him to perversion. And in the end, he said, all is vanity, vanity of vanities, all is vanity. Yeah. And then he summarizes the whole book of Ecclesiastes. He said, the sum total, this is the conclusion, serve God and obey his commands. Yeah. So, I mean, here's a guy that ran everything to excess. He said, hey, I think I'll have jesters come in. He brought in comedians and, and acrobatic acts and all kinds of things that didn't solve. Then he said, I'll drink, I'll get drunk. He was drunk for months, maybe years at a time. Yeah. Then I'll have women and none of it satisfied vanity of vanities. Yeah. So here's a guy that went down that road. He knows it's full of chuck holes. So I don't need to go down that road. Right. He summarized it. Fear God and obey his commandments. That's yeah. the sum total of man. Yeah, I, I believe the proverb was that uh, a man learns from his mistakes. A fool never learns, but a wise man learns from others' mistakes. Right. So um, somebody said, um, we touched on this a little bit, but this is adding another layer to it. Um, a lot of people encourage me as a young man to sleep around now when I'm young and then settle down when I'm older. This is not what I want to do, but what does one do in a situation where his own parents are pretty much encouraging this and saying not to worry about marriage yet as at such a young age? I mean, I know guys younger than me who are married with children already and couldn't be happier. My own parents are telling me to slow down on thinking about family and to just have fun, which I guess I'm not entirely opposed to, but it seems uns unsettling that my own parents would recommend that for me, uh, considering the what their parents told them. If I, I can't imagine a girl making a good w wife or mother, then I consider it a waste of time. But how do I dissuade my parents or my friends from this kind of thinking in the future? It's another lower well, it's, question. It's society has become the megaphone. Uh, the issue is, let's just say under ideal situations, boy meets girl, they have family approval, which in those days, family uh, often were the initiators of relationship. The guy meets another guy his age says, hey, you had a nice looking son there. He's really talented. Yeah, and you have a beautiful daughter and she's very smart. And hey, wouldn't they make a great couple? And they, they kind of nuance the relationship. And the wife could always, the girl could always back out if she wanted to, but she trusted her parents and parents have a good insight of what's good for you. And then they get together and they have an intimate relationship. They've never had any other intimacy. So the first time is the best time and it has nothing to compare it to. Mm -hmm. But you take a guy or a girl who's been all over the place and slept with different partners. Uh, now, every time they have a, a, an intimate moment, they're comparing it. Well, you're not right. as good as this one. That was not as good as that. This, it's better when you don't have any comparisons. Yeah, and also too, um, if you if you go to the ends of the earth, you could probably always find something better. But I think your ability to pair bond just dissipates over time. And I I know that we know statistically that's true for women. I think it's even true for men. And the problem is that not a lot of people want to accept. They want to apply it to women, but they don't want to necessarily say, well, men lose the pair bonding ability too. I don't know what, to what extent, but I think we do. Well, when you get comparisons, you're always going to be comparing. Yeah. You know, um, it, back in my generation, uh, the meals were eaten at home. We went out for lunch or dinner rarely, maybe 5% yeah. of the time. Today, two-thirds of the meals are eaten out of the home. Yeah. So now I get to have what I want. When, when I came home, whatever my mother put on the table is what we had, and I ate it all, and I liked it. Yeah. I thought my mom was a great cook because I had nothing to compare it to. And so 
the idea that uh, we can now have a sampling of everything. You can have your cake and eat it too. Uh, and so it doesn't work. In the end, in the end, it's yeah. bad. There's a proverb that says, there is a way that seems right unto man, but the end of it is the ways of death. It seems good, but the end is death. The guy who jumped off the Empire State Building, they said, how you doing? He said, so far, so good. And then there came that sudden stop at the bottom. Yeah. And also to our listener, too, I will say one thing, and this is something that I've noticed, too. Um, if you're going to make a decision like that, and I know I'm in this boat, too, uh, you most likely you're not going to have a lot of people around you making the same decision, not voluntarily, at least. Um, sometimes in order for you to be part of a better culture, you have to create your own. I think it's a, it's a wise statement, yeah. uh, Andreas. That's really wise because if you're going to follow everyone else's suggestions and advice, you're going to live with their consequences. If I make a mistake, I'm going to own it because yeah. I made the decision. But if I made it, and when I was young, I made a lot of foolish decisions based upon trying to impress people who I didn't like. Yeah. And, and that's what happens. So I don't need to impress anybody, especially at my age. <laughs> it's one of the joys of old ages. I don't need to impress anybody. I am what I am, and I'm comfortable in my skin. I will I will say one thing. Like I know a lot of it's kind of funny. Uh, back in the day, a lot of people were like, don't be in a rush to get married. Nowadays, it seems like many conservative men are in a rush to get married. Um, so I, I think it's a good thing. But at the same time, I would encourage you, there are benefits to being single. Like you, you have to acknowledge this. There yes. are benefits to being yes. single. And you are a lot more free than the guy who has a mortgage on his house, a, a wife at home, uh, two kids and another kid on the way. You have a lot more freedom. You have a lot more time to build yourself up before marriage. So I know that you, you want to get married eventually, but there might be something said to maybe waiting and building yourself up and waiting for the right person. Well, true. In my generation, I was 21 when we got married and I had a trade under my belt. My wife was a beautician and so she made good money. So together we were we were making good money and yeah. we were living well and we were saving money for a house because we had an agenda. Yeah. Uh, young people say, I'm just gonna get married. I don't wanna have any kids. You don't wanna be kids, what's the point of getting married? Yeah. And also, who's gonna bury you when you're old? <laughs> who's gonna take care of you when you're old? Nobody. Yeah. And you think, well, we'll sock it away in the 401. The 401s could be 201s, and there may be no money to take care of you. And if you haven't built relationships over the years where you poured your life into your children, who's going to take care of you? No one thinks about that when you're 25 years old. Well, I mean, I, I do know a lot of women who are thinking about it now, but they're... Um, Dating has changed for women. So a lot of guys will go to the effect of saying some, a lot of the women here are gold diggers. And that might be true. That might be true. I'm not, I'm not going to say that that's not always the case. But I think what it is is a lot of women now are looking for a guy who can provide a home and a car. And in order to get a home, yeah. you need to be half a millionaire or yeah. pretty yeah. close to it. Yeah. Back then, uh, or around your time and your age, um, you needed maybe two years saved worth of income. For well, a I could support salary. a family on my own income. So yeah. when we had children three years later, uh, I made enough money. I often worked two jobs and three jobs. Yeah. So my wife could be home with the children, and it was a worthy sacrifice mm -hmm. to be able to do that. I think the idea that um, uh, when you're living for yourself and you have these freedoms, yes, you do. But everything has a double edge to it. Yeah. Uh, the nice thing is coming home to a family that loves me, to a home-cooked meal, a clean house, and some order, rather than having to constantly be 
uh, shifting with the trends. And let me just say one more word about trends. In my generation, things trended very slowly. Yeah. Today, uh, 30 days, a new trend is in. The fads come and go, and the music comes and goes. Movies come and go. This is a hot movie, then it's not so hot. And uh, in those days, things were more stable. And yeah. this constant shifting is adding a lot of pressure to people. Yeah. Um, okay, so we also had... Okay, so... You two were discussing how young men and young women don't always know what to look for in a partner when they're young. And your pastor also mentioned that once in a while he would meet a young man at a place for lunch to get a feel for what kind of man he would be and vet him for a girl or vice versa or vice versa. What time, what types of questions does he ask and what does he look for when vetting young men or girls for all of us who don't have the pleasure of living close to your pastor? Um, this is mostly for uh, self-improvement because I'm always looking for ways to improve myself. I want to learn how to have a similar vetting process. I'd say that's a good question. That's a great question. These are excellent questions. Let me just say good excellent questions. And one of the things I really enjoy about your generation is you do a lot of research. And of course, Google is available and all these uh, search engines. And so if you're going to buy a computer or you're going to buy a car or whatever, you, you got you, you guys ask him, hey, what's the best headphones to get? Yeah, these are the ones to get. You do all the research. Would we not want to do at least that much in looking for a lifetime mate? Yeah. And so that is a big issue. Some of the questions I ask, number one, I want to get the general emotions about how a person is what's their character and so i ask questions one of my favorite questions is i said hey hey andreas what's your favorite movie and you say uh my favorite movie is american pie no i'm just kidding <laughs> okay let's just say uh, a movie a gladiator that, a gladiator okay so i would say who is your favorite character in the movie and of course you would say uh, russell crowe right yeah. i don't know what his name was I, I, uh yeah. Um, uh, yeah, Russell Crowe. Yeah, Russell Crowe. And so I would say, why do you like Russell Crowe in the movie? Because then it tells me who you identify, because who you identify is who you are. Yeah. Tell me who your heroes are, I'll tell you who you are. Yeah. If my hero is Led Zeppelin, that tells me who you are. If, if your hero is a, a political figure or a movie star, it tells me a lot. Yeah. Because it tells me about what is your focus. So I ask questions like, why? What, what did... Uh, Russell Crowe do in the movie that you respected and that you were drawn to. And yeah. of course, they'll tell me some, if it's a guy, some uh, great exploit, winning a big battle and all this stuff. And, and I look for honesty. I think honesty is just a rare trait today. Yeah. People will lie at the drop of a hat. And so I want to know about their character. And I ask them questions. See, for women, women are protection-oriented, which is yeah. why they say they're gold diggers. They want a guy who's going to protect them. And yeah. money is insulation. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You, it's you, you got, yeah, it is. And guys are uh, more respect-oriented. So I tell young people, when, when, you, when a girl meets a young guy, don't say, is he good-looking? Does he have a six-pack? The question is, Am I willing to trust this man with my life? I mean, it's literally, am <laughs> no, I willing no, to just, trust him with my life? I'm, I'm just laughing because the, yeah. uh, um, there was a girl I knew who said the same question. Yeah. Um, sorry. Uh, and, Can I submit to yeah. this man? And then for the guys, uh, because guys are respect, does this woman respect me? Does she revere right. me? Does she Is she just caught up with you know the emotion the looks or does stuff, she yeah. does she look beyond because you're going to grow old together and all you good looking guys and good looking girls guess what you're going to get old and wrinkled one day yeah and then will you still love me when i'm old and wrinkled yeah 
Um, uh, one, one other good question I, I heard um, um, that was actually posed to me uh, on a date once was actually, how, how do you resolve conflict? And I, I think that's actually a great question. Great um, question. That's, a, that's an amazing question uh, for both guys and girls. Um, you know, you kind of want to know, maybe it's a second or third date question, maybe like after you've gotten to know each other a little better, but I, I wouldn't be opposed to hearing that on a first date. I have, um, you know, but it's, it's a good question. Well, I, I'm not a big fan of dating. I'll just tell you. <laughs> yeah, why. I know. Because yeah, when you're alone, a boy with a girl, you're different. Yeah. So I tell girls, if it's better to go on group dates. So let's just say five or six guys go out with five or six girls. You go to a movie. You go to a fun park. You do something, miniature golf. You're doing something. And you observe how the person acts in the group without them knowing you're interested. Yeah, yeah, that's how I think relationships should start. Uh, once, once you know that, though, once you've already, um, once you're, you two are alone for the first time, you're on your first technical like alone date. What, what, what would you suggest as a as a, just a suggestion? Would you say like any other tips that you would have? Oh, if you're alone, yeah, well, yeah, that's like maybe it's your first time out together. Yeah, I would say don't be alone. Um, no, well, maybe not technically. You're in a public place. Well, you're in a public place. It, yeah. It's a little better. It's more social. Yeah. When you're alone, you're liable to say or do things or act in a way that is not um, accurate. Hmm. In my generation, I grew up in the late 50s, early 60s. So Saturday was get the car, spend the day. Guys get our cars together. We'd be washing, waxing, polishing. Then you get home, take a shower, man. Everything is spit polished. Everything's ironed and you look great and you smell great. And the girl is home primping and doing all the stuff. She's at her best and you're at your best. But that's not what marriage is. Yeah. So you want to know what are you like when we just drop in and see how you look. Mm -hmm. And questions like, uh, stop over when her parents are there, stop over at her house and see how they keep house. Are they sloppy? Is it a mess? Are there stacks of dishes in the sink? Is she, um, is she a hard worker? Yeah. My wife is a hard worker. Yeah. I mean, she works. She takes care of the outside of the house. She loves to cut the grass and trim. And I help her with some of it, but I just have too many things to do. But she loves doing it. Yeah. So I'm glad to even do all of it, but she loves it. And it's a form of exercise for her. She feels fulfilled in it. But I know guys that, I mean, I know a guy who married this really pretty girl. And he said, but she was just sloppy and lazy, didn't know how to cook. He said when she would get undressed at night, she'd just drop her clothes on the floor, put on her pajamas, and that was it. And the clothes laid there until the next day. And wow. so it, you have to ask the bigger questions. Does she like the things I like? Does she like cooking? Does she like, because we like eating. Guys like eating. It's a little habit we picked up. And I want a wife who can cook. My wife is a terrific cook. She makes everything. She sews. She can fix anything. I mean, she's handy right and so i want a wife who's in the harness with me not just someone who looks good because as i said looks are fleeting and looks are not a character trait okay so yeah. you want to look for character because that's what you live with good yeah. looks are what you date but character is what you marry uh, that's true and that's a problem that some of um some of the women i know too who are christians have fallen into too where they they meet a guy and he acts different than he would yes, when yes, they're yes. when they're dating yeah. So I don't know. I, I guess I guess maybe that's one of my apprehensions about maybe going on a group date because I'm worried that that person might act differently in front of your friends maybe than they would alone. 
Possibly, but in a social group, with, let's just say five guys, six guys, you go to a movie, you, you go somewhere, yeah. and you're at the beach, and you're seeing each other. I asked a question of, of a girl. What do the other girls think of her? Oh, she's a flirt. Right. She's, she's caught up with herself. What do the other guys think? Yeah. Or what do the what do the girls this this guy is the other guys like him or they think he's a jerk? I mean, yeah. they they you get a read on someone by what others think who know them better than you do. That's true. So unless I, uh, unless the girls are interested in you too and they're well, dragging yeah, her down, yeah, yeah, yeah. then jealousy's <laughs> ran, ran into that yeah, too. Yeah. That, yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Last last but not least, um, um, Pastor Rich also said that him and his wife may occasionally take a girl for lunch. Yeah. What are some things? Him and, oh yeah. What are some things, um, so I was answering this question based off men and women. Basically, he asked both what's specific to the man when you're looking and what's specific to the woman. Any wisdom I can learn from those uh, more experienced than I is always appreciated. Okay, I think trustworthiness is essential. Yeah. Do you have someone you can trust? When I was young and we were dating, and of course, we're all in our you know late teens, early 20s. We got married at 21, but uh, I got friends of mine. We played softball with them. We're all out. We'd be at parties together. And I noticed my wife didn't drink. I noticed that. So one of the guys said, hey, I'm going to go and talk to your wife, your, your girlfriend. Yeah, I said, have at it. Yeah. He said, oh, I, you know, and, and he says, hey, would you like to go with me? She goes, are you kidding me? <laughs> no, no, I'm committed. Yeah. You see, uh, so in other words, when you're committed, a better deal is not a better deal. Yeah. And today, the lack of commitment everywhere. Politicians, you think they're committed to us? They're committed to their bank accounts. Right. Uh, so uh, is anyone committed? Committed is a tough word. That's commitment word is a big C word. It, it yeah. really weighs heavy. I want someone who's committed to me through the long haul. Yeah. When I perform a wedding in sickness and in health, in mm -hmm. good times and in bad, and in all things, forsaking all others and clinging to you only, yeah. that exclusivity has got to pre be preeminent. Today, yeah, you know, I like you until a better deal comes along, to someone who's a little prettier than you comes along. You want to live with that? I don't. I, I will actually. Uh, like sometimes, um, obviously, you know, if you're getting interrupted on a date and you're annoyed, yeah, sometimes you have to put a guy in his place. But um, I... I will actually sometimes be be curious and be like, okay, another guy's approaching you while you're on a date. How are you going to react? Because this could save me a lot of time and resources. Hey, have at it. Yeah, la, yeah. have at it. If she if she's going to leave you on the if first date for another yeah. dude or, or that quick, buddy, you just saved yourself a ton of time. Thank you, and let me Thank give you, you some money because you saved. Shake me. the guy's hand and buy him yeah. a drink. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it, commitment is to me preeminent faithfulness is another word which means the same thing are they faithful yeah and so um i just think it's critical we've been married 53 years and we dated for four years so that's 57 years with the same woman mm -hmm. that's commitment yeah anyway we're, we're going to go to a quick break here we will be right back with pastor rich stay tuned when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All right, right after the commercial break. And we're going to waste no time here. Uh, What do you think about the overturning of Roe versus Wade? Now, this happened, um, and a lot of my conservative friends said to me, I didn't think I'd ever see that. And I said, I thought I'd see it, but I thought I'd see it in my late 30s, maybe 10, 15 years from now. I didn't think I'd see it in my 20s. Well, yes, I kind of felt the same way. The point is, it wasn't that Roe was overturned. Roe should have never happened. It was based on a bogus presumption, Mm -hmm. uh, a bogus person who even admitted that she lied and later became a Christian and disavowed everything she told them. They needed to cherry pick somebody who was uh, a prime candidate that the media could focus in on. And the idea that somewhere in the Constitution, it gives someone a right to abort a baby. If you study history, every culture from the beginning of time, all religions all knew that inside of a woman is a baby. It's not just a fetus, it's a real live person. And all of them had laws that if a woman is in a car accident and she's pregnant, oh my goodness, and anything happens to that baby, you are liable because that is a life. Yeah. So you have to be intelligent and highly educated to be as stupid as the things they came up with. Yeah. That somehow we found, so it should have never happened. All the legal experts had to kind of just laugh up their sleeves saying this, this is in the constitution. Yeah. And so, uh, of course, next is transgenderism and gay marriage and everything else. Yeah. And I feel like, hey, do what you want. We live in a free country. You want to be gay. You want to be trans. Do not force me to live in your insanity. Or to agree with or it to agree or to say, fund it or to take my tax money and yes. pay for it. So I'm going to pay for an abortion that I think is reprehensible. Yeah. My tax dollars, I have no control over it. And the politicians are bought off by the unions and by special interest groups. So yeah. we have been, we've been conned. It's a fraudulent act. And so all we are is bringing things back to normal. They said, well, it's, it's subtle law. Subtle law, my foot. It was subtle law for over 200 years that there is no abortion, and now suddenly it's subtle law. Well, no, it's not subtle. That's law. all hat and no cattle because yeah. everything at one point was settled law. You revisit laws. You look at things. I mean, uh, Plessy versus Ferguson, uh, yes. Brown versus Board of Education. Yes. Like they, they, That was all settled law. Like, I mean... Uh, the, the slave acts, I mean, we that we overturned with the 13th Amendment before they were overturned by the 13th. It was settled law. I mean, it, it, like giving women the right to vote, women not voting was settled law. I mean, just, you know. Yeah, well, yeah. that's that's, a, you know, suffrage is a different issue. But yeah, it's a um, different issue. But I'm just throwing things well, out there. The Supreme Court, uh, you know, ruled uh, Dred Scott case. Yeah, that, that was another black one. People were not even human beings. Yeah. Uh, the three fifths law, you know. Uh, well, the, the I, three the free Fritz thing is is misunderstood because it was created by people who wanted to free the slaves, but the problem was the slave owners were going to count each slave as an extra vote, and they're yes, like, so you can't do that. Yeah. So we're so they're like, okay, fine. You you can't have them as a full person where the slave is saying no, I want to be in bondage when they actually don't, but maybe three fifths, and that was their compromise. Yeah. So I, I, I just hate hearing that, you know, because yeah. people are like, and I'm like, no, that was 
a, a good compromise in a terrible situation where they were trying to free the slaves. Yeah, yeah. it had good intentions. Yeah. But uh, the issue of Dred Scott is that, that black people were property. Yeah. Because when we wrote our Constitution, they said life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. property was the original. But now it's happiness. But then they said, well, slaves are property, so they changed it to happiness. But um, no, a human being is not property. I mean, no. but it just tells you the level of degeneracy that was going on. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think we've gotten past that. I hope we have. I wish it was still property because now they're telling us that the seizure of property will bring happiness. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's the exact opposite oh, of both. Oh, my goodness. We're um, but yeah, the, the, a lot of people were like, I want the American dream. And I, I just tell them, I'm like, look, yeah. first of all, you got to vote the opposite way of everything that's happened. So everybody who's locking you down into this terrible financial Armageddon, vote them out of office and vote for their opponents who are who are saying, we're going to get rid of all the things that are chaining you down and making you a wage slave. Or you're not going to retire ever. You're going to be working till you're 90. I mean, that's the first thing you have to do. But second of all, yeah, you, you need hard assets and more important than hard assets, you need good people behind you. Moral people. Moral people. Yeah, so we're, we've lost that. We've yeah. lost the moral fabric of a nation. Uh, speaking of uh, rights rights being lost, we got to talk about this Mar-a-Lago thing. So apparently um, Donald Trump's uh, house in Mar-a-Lago was raided because they said they were apparently looking for nuclear codes and they were looking in Melania's cabinet because apparently if uh, Donald Trump is going to have nuclear codes, he's not going to know about it and it's going to be to be between Melania Trump's scarlet dress and her Jessica Simpson pumps. <laughs> I, it, the insanity of it all. And now I just been watching the news and I even watched the liberal news because I want to see what they're thinking. Yeah, same. The things they said are so asinine that you, you, you cannot possibly believe them unless you have a PhD. Yeah. And, and, they, and they are paid, paid to dream up a scenario. First of all, nuclear codes, as I understand it, are changed with a new president. Yes. So it's like a combination lock. I got new codes. Yeah. And uh, so just because he has the codes didn't mean he still has them. And why would he store them? Why would he want them? Or, or why would Melania have them next to her dresses and hats and oh, shoes? It, it makes no it's, sense. It's absurd. This was, this was an embarrassment. Uh, to try to humiliate him and to make him look guilty. And they've been after him for how many years and everything. We know of all the presidents we've ever had. This guy is as clean as a houndstooth because he's been investigated by the FBI uh, and yeah, special CIA, prosecutors yeah, I mean, and they find nothing. If they found even a piece of lint, they would be prosecuting him. Yeah. And they impeached him twice for nothing. Well, the second time he wasn't even in office. Yeah, and so it just shows you that you cannot even do that. So they're breaching every law, every barrier because of their hate. They have hate in their hearts for this man because he is a threat to them. Because if he ever comes back in office and starts peeling the onion, uh, Hunter Biden is going to have to give an account. And so is Joe because the big guy did know what was going on to think. You don't talk to your son about his business dealing. Are you kidding me? What well, what person could possibly believe that? Well, I, I mean, uh, I knew everything I needed to know about Joe Biden's intelligence when he said Hunter Biden was the smartest person he knew. Uh, but <laughs> that may be true because he doesn't know many. <laughs> well, it, it was it was well, that might be yeah. true. Uh, maybe well, it's not a lie. But um, it, and then of course they declared monkeypox a health emergency, which I told somebody I'm like, look, if Hunter Biden doesn't have monkeypox, I think we're safe. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 th I think we're good if that guy. Oh, safe from goodness. it it's, but it's, um it's just, just a side note though um 
I don't think it's smart for us to advertise to our enemies that we lost the nuclear codes for 18 months, even if that is true. Why, why announce to Afghanistan after we already pulled out and just made a mess of that? I mean, at least we had that one terrorist that got taken out by that missile. That was pretty cool. I don't know if you saw that. I didn't. I didn't see it. So the best way I can illustrate it and the best description I heard, it was like a, a weaponized version of an aerial slap chop. <laughs> <laughs> just dice the guy up. Apparently he had razors coming out of it. I'm like, okay, maybe you can take my tax dollars for that. That's kind of cool. <laughs> well, the thing is we're, we're so sanitized in our culture to think that you kill a bad guy that wants to kill you. Oh, that, does he have to kill him? I mean, yeah. we have just like, no, you know, made him feel sad. You and know? send him to a timeout. <laughs> yeah. I, the object, you know, when, when we had the first Gulf War and Schwarzkopf says, we're yeah. going to find the enemy, we're going to surround them, we're going to kill them. Yeah. And they said, oh, did you have to say it that way? It was just too harsh. Well, after Vietnam, they, there were some areas where we couldn't shoot back. So, yeah, yeah, yeah we're yeah, going to kill. We know how that ended. Yeah, it's horrible. It's horrible <laughs> but so, also, yeah. a side note, uh, Bill Clinton lost the nuclear codes when they were active. And this this is something that even um, Buzz Patterson and Hugh Shelton, they every Clinton appointee described this and they later found it in uh, in his in his suit pocket. So I, I didn't see his house I didn't see his house rated. I didn't see Hillary Clinton's house rated for the emails or Hunter's laptop or um, I don't even think Epstein's house was rated until way after he got arrested. Yes, or or Ghislaine Maxwell. I mean, yeah. uh, why? What's the story with her? And I want to know who's who they're selling to. I don't. know. Maybe who's you on do. The list. Yeah. Who, of course, who do I boycott? People are running scared, and some of them are Hollywood big names. Oh yeah. And so, uh, yeah, we live in such a perverted society. I mean, I don't know if we'll ever find the real truth. You know. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah sad, it's a, it's to, I feel like I'm Tom Cruise and screaming at the podium like, I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. And that, that maybe is, maybe that's true. Yeah. Maybe I don't think the average person could handle the well, truth. Because it's so reprehensible. Even the human mind wants to block it. I, I don't yeah. want to believe that our government is bad. Yeah. You know, some some person once told me um, ignorance is bliss. I think knowledge is power. And I know that because the people who are in power are the ones who know what you don't. Yeah, exactly. And they don't want you to ever find out. So. No. But yeah. Uh, yeah, so that was but one of the things that's crazy to me pastor is like you've got the 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 party that uh, like was reprehensible uh, like they were they recoiled and they were disgusted by things like the Brianna Taylor raid which was terrible. Um, you know, where they broke into her house, but then the second it happens to Donald Trump, it's completely fine. Or the second it's a red flag law raid, it's completely fine. And um, we, we've seen issues like that where they, they want to seize the guns again. That's, a, that's another thing they keep going. And they keep bringing up these things like they're called red flag laws. And basically, it's a civil proceeding, not a criminal proceeding, which means that you don't actually need hard evidence. You just need somebody who's scared enough to go ask a judge for a warrant. And if they get the warrant, then you can burst in without somebody ever having broken a law and they can seize your firearms by force. But like anything in life, there's repercussions. Yeah. If you're doing a job and you mess up, there's repercussions. Mm -hmm. These guys have complete immunity. Merrick Garland should be impeached, and uh, I, th I think Comey and Brennan and Christopher Ray, Christopher Ray, and not to mention Strzok. These guys, he's not making money. I mean, yeah, Lisa uh, Page, McCabe is everybody. making money working, f and that's how they pay these guys off. Well, Andrew McCabe too. A memo came out and he said, "I want 
conservatives be treated like domestic terrorists. That's in a memo. That's something yeah. he said. People can look me up and fact check me. It's, it's right there. Yeah. But well, now we also have the IRS agents speaking of raids and they're giving them hollow points. And uh, th this is an interesting uh, study um, where they found out um, that the IRS, um, I, I believe it was 2016, it was the Wall Street Journal and they did a study and they found out that there were more uh, IRS agents that were armed um, than actually Marines, uh, 200,000 compared to 182,000. Well, well, that's, that's just, it's kind of alarming. unfathomable. It's alarming. It's alarming. But, to say the least. Uh, but one of the things that was funny was we had we had this uh, Inflation Reduction Act, which I think we've reached peak gaslighting when they say inflation is zero percent for the month. It's laughable. Well, it's it, laughable. It just first of all, it's not. There's no way something can be zero percent for the month when it's over eight and a half percent annually. And by the way, um, eight and a half percent annually, I don't even think is accurate because if you look at like, don't look at the CPI rates because they're all fake. They're just like. The, the jobs numbers, they cook the books on them. And what I tell people is I'm like, look at things you want, like a home or a car or yeah, like food, yeah, yeah. you know, look at the prices of that compared to last year or gasoline or other right, things. Right. That's real inflation. Now look at, just go to the gro groceries, grocery store. You can tell what's going on. Yeah. Now, people know what, what's in their own bank accounts. You guys know what's in your own wallets. You guys know what your budget is. You, like, they're not going to trick you into thinking that things are cheaper this year than they were last year. You know better. You guys are smart. You yeah. you see your own finances better than anybody else, and the government will tell you to see them through rose-colored glasses. But yeah. What's your opinion on the whole IRS thing? I mean, like, going on? Well, when the IRS began, it was, first of all, voluntary. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. And, and it was to be 1%. Huh. And then they began to keep... Once the camel has nose in the tent, he just kept pushing the envelope. Mm -hmm. And my understanding, and I have not, I've looked it up, but I can't find uh, the truth on it. But when an amendment is passed, it has to be voted by two-thirds of Congress and the president's signature and has to be ratified by two-thirds of the states. My understanding is the IRS code was never ratified. It is actually an illegal amendment, according to some people. So yeah. I don't know for sure. I can't say categorically it is. But the idea that now the government is your partner in all of the money you make, and then, of course, the second tax is your real estate. So you never own your home. You never own anything. Yeah. If, I, if you pay it off 10 times, you still have to pay taxes. Your property tax would be like if somebody set up a, a lever down pole booth for you to get in your driveway, basically. Yeah. I mean, that's what they're doing. And, yeah. and it's, it's outrageous what we're paying in Lake County, some of the highest in the country. Yeah. And so um, it's, if I was running for office, I'd say, okay, this is what we're going to do. No more real estate tax. We're going to raise corporate tax, let the corporate pay it. They're going to also pass this, the you know cost on to you, which yeah. is you're going to pay more uh, for things, which is yeah. okay. But if you don't buy things, then you don't pay. Yeah. And you'll always have your house. Your house is yours forever. And, and that's the way it used to be. Um, so I, I got to get to this statistic I found. 78 to 90% of the money raised from underreported income will come from those making less than 200000 a year. And 4 to 9%, so you've got 78 to 90 compared to 4 to 9, will come from those making more than 500 k a year. And audits rates from May of this year, audits rates uh, decreased for higher income taxpayers.
Yeah. Then we got 87,000 people who are now part of the union. Uh-huh. And also they are government employees. So when Trump wanted to come in and, and lay off 50,000 people, yeah. they don't want that. So whenever there's more workers, 51% of the people work for the government, you got a problem. I don't know what the percentage, but it's pretty high. Yeah. Well, now you're you're voting, you know, it's you're voting yourself a job and a pay raise. Yeah, and, and that's what I told people too. In in 2021, they did a study and they said a little bit over than half of the people audited by the IRS made less than 75k a year. Less mm-hmm. less than that. Yeah. So it, it's not these people saying, "Oh, we're gonna we're gonna go in and tax people." Because Janet Yellen and Kamala Harris will tell you, it we're only doing this for people who are making more than four hundred thousand dollars a year. Flat out, flat out lie. Well, well, here's the interesting thing: there was a senator, a Republican senator from Idaho. His name is Mike Crapo, and he said, "Okay, fine, we're gonna add an amendment to this bill that says." You're going to guarantee that this bill will not affect or go after people who are making less than $400,000 a year. I don't want to say that this bill doesn't intend to. I want a guarantee that says this bill will not in any way affect them. Yeah. And you know what? They scra- The Democrats scrapped that right yes. out, right yes. off the right bat. Away. Why? Because it... Because they're lying. <laughs> yeah, they're lying. But once it's once it's on, you know, it's always put in vague language. Yeah. So it means it can be interpreted the way I think. Yeah, it like should we be. don't intend to. Yeah, we don't intend. It's 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 a clapper saying, well, we didn't intend to spy on people. Yeah. It's a lie too. It's it's the old joke I remember of like um because because the institutions are becoming so corrupt that you know it's it's like the old joke of like. At the FBI uh, is looking for a bear in the woods, and they come out with a, a beaten, senseless rabbit screaming, "Okay, I'm a bear. I'm a bear." <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> well. Think about it. Comey. Comey says, "Well, we've investigated Hillary, yeah. and though she did this and this and this, uh, no rational person would prosecute her." I said, I, I, remember, I would. I remember him reading the list, and I think it took him like what, f- like 10, 12 minutes, yeah, minutes to get all through the all things. of it. Yeah, but then no rational person. That's laughable. Yeah, but well, what do you, what do you what do you tell people to like, what do you tell things to the people who have lost uh, trust in our institutions when it comes to this? Because like I I mean I think we have a chance to turn it around this mm-hmm. this year, but this is this is the fourth consecutive time that the FBI has gotten involved in our elections. We had 2016, we had 2020, we have um, uh, 2022, and now uh, we we're getting 2024 with Trump's raid on Mar-a-Lago. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's really interesting to watch, and we're at the precipice. I, I think it's too late, but maybe, maybe if uh, there's a groundswell of support, but the Democrats have put so many millions of dollars pumped in from the George Soros and the elite um, mm-hmm. uh, globalists yeah. that they can buy elect, just like they're buying these uh, prosecuting attorneys, these DAs, yeah. telling them not to prosecute. Hello? <laughs> Well, one of the things I wanted to to close with really quick is um you're you're a pastor and yeah obviously you know you're one of my mentors. Um, what's something you think you could give maybe to the to the average Christian to encourage them or to? Uh, no, let me ask you a different question because we we did this last time. What's the biggest problem you see in modern day Christianity? that you think should be addressed? 
Well, there's several, but one yeah. of them is the issue that has been brought up in the Old Testament and New Testament numerous times by numerous people is false teaching. Yeah. And the problem with false teaching is it usually has a semblance of truth to it. Yeah. So you say, well, that's not false. Look, I got scripture to prove it. Yeah, well, uh, you have to look at all the scriptures dealing with a particular subject. You can't just pick and choose and cherry pick because all false teaching has its half, half right. And so they can always lean on that. But half wrong is, is all wrong. Yeah. And trying to nuance it, and I've had the privilege to work with some real seasoned professors who were theologians of the highest rank, mm -hmm. uh, alerted me before they passed that this is, this is the battleground. And today, CRT and wokeism has invaded the church. Uh, they got rainbow flags out in front of churches. We yeah. love everybody. Of course we love everybody. Yeah. We don't yeah. have any hatred toward anybody. But to say and condone behavior that the Bible explicitly, explicitly forbids, it's not that we're trying to be judgmental. We're trying to be protective because the long-term results of some of these lifestyles is loss of life, loss of happiness, and loss of joy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and that's another thing. People often, what they'll do is they will say that, well, you're Christians, you're supposed to love everybody, but they try to use that as an excuse to condone all their behavior and say, well, whatever makes me happy. Well, God doesn't, Jesus Christ didn't come on earth and say, hey, do whatever makes you happy. Right. He didn't say everything you do is fine and I'm just here to observe, you know. Yeah, no, he, he's not the cosmic bellboy that gives me everything I want. No. Uh, he came to make us holy, not happy. Yeah. And the thing is, when you understand that the joy of holiness, living a holy life is a joyful life. Yeah. It's a happy life. Yeah. And uh, so I wouldn't trade it for anything, you know. And uh, this, is, this will be the last thing. Um, Give me, other than obviously getting closer to God and Christianity, um, give me one skill you think that the average man right now should learn that he, the average man you think doesn't know. Give me one skill for, for women that you think would benefit them. Well, I think both and. I think uh, self-discipline is incredibly important. Okay. Uh, when I was young, I started weightlifting and then doing exercises and training for sports. I didn't have a coach. No. I went, I talked to guys, this is the kind of exercises you do, this is what you do, this is what you eat, this is what you don't eat. And I, I sought out and I became self-disciplined. To this day, I still work out every day. No one gets me up and calls me and sends me a text, this is what I'm supposed to do. I learned to do it because I know it's good for me in the long run. Yeah. And today, people are looking for, I have to have a trainer. What do you have to have a trainer for? Get up and go work out. What's the problem? You know? Uh, but... I understand that everyone is disciplined, and so having a trainer if you have to. Yeah. But why can't we just do it because we're supposed to do it? And that means devotional life. It means cultivating friendships because who your friends are is who you are. Yeah. Uh, we have to start to, I can hang around with anybody, but my friends are people who have the same values that I have. Yeah. And then, uh, what would, what would, so you would, you would say that for women as well. Is there anything specific to men or women? Yeah, well, I think um, uh, women uh, look for security, protection, yeah, and that security has to be in the Lord. And so I try to say in marital relationships, women submit to your husbands. That sounds like, oh my goodness, we're, we're making slaves out of women. No, the word submit there 
Upotasso has the idea of being under orders, under arrangement. Mm -hmm. In the military, you got you got rank, yeah. and so I don't know you. There's tens of thousands of of military. If I see you got more hash marks than I do, I say yes, sir. Yeah, and you learn your place, and it's never to be demeaning. And then men are to love their wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for it. So, yeah. wow. Which is also a commandment it's right a commandment. after. Yeah, it's right the after. next so, verse. Yeah, so men are ordered by God and he will hold you accountable for the way you loved your wife. And so yeah. a loving man would never mistreat his wife. And a wife who has a husband that loves her so much has no problem submitting to him because I trust him. Yeah. But uh, once mistrust comes in, well, then everything breaks down. I had a pastor once tell me, it, it works this way, and this is what he said. He was uh, my history teacher, but he was also a pastor. He said, the more a man loves his wife, the more willing she is to submit to him. The more a woman submits to her husband, the more likely that man is to love her. And yes. when you have a both and, it builds the relationship. And just as it's hard for a woman to submit, it's hard for a man to put a woman before himself. Yes. And so uh, both of them work at our selfishness, which is part of our fiber. Yeah. Uh, men, quit being selfish. Love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself upward. And women, submit to your husband as unto the Lord. If God told you to do something, how would you do it? You do it, right? Yeah. And so it's the both end as you and that pastor that was a very good comment and I think very appropriate. Yeah, because you know, he, he always told me, he said it's one of those verses where he goes, A lot of the times the, the feminists will say, Hey, uh, submit and that's and they cut it off like that's it. And sometimes guys do the same thing. And he's like, That's that's not the case. This was to help both of you. And it was to help encourage and strengthen your marriage it's not some and it's the same way i i we talk about how the bible says to submit to the government as a christian that does not mean you do whatever the government says a different yeah. different case and especially our country is most unique in the world yeah see our revolution was not mimicked by the rest of the world the french revolution was the reign of terror so revolutions yeah. that went on afterwards followed napoleon and others in the reign of terror you copied ours ours was the most moral revolt if you will and that's why when they wrote the constitution they put those first three words in triple block letters we the people are the government they are not the government so when it says submit to your government we're the government they're supposed to submit to us we have it backwards yeah and, and that's a problem people have is we have a lot of unelected officials who are now representing us and it's like i didn't elect dr fauci yeah the unelected politicians have worked away they've got lifetime jobs you can't vote them out what i'm worried about pastor is um, i think eventually things uh, reach a boiling point and uh, i i don't think we're there yet i think it's it's getting hot it's i think they want they want it to get to the boiling point they want good people you ever notice when conservatives have a protest Garbage is cleaned up. No windows are broken. Yeah. When the liberals have a protest, there's fires, and you know, as the one commentator, as flames are burning in his back. Yeah, mostly mostly a peaceful, peaceful yeah, protest. Yeah, it it's it's so laughable. I yeah. mean, how do they get away with it? No, uh, they want some conservatives to overreact. I mean, they had hundreds of thousands of people in at the mall in uh, D.C. 
Garbage was picked up. The place was cleaner than ever left. And you show yeah. the other one when they had the liberals there, they had, you know, front loaders moving garbage. Yeah, so, it, it, it was funny because I was at an environmental panel and my former co-host, Rob, said something to the effect. He goes, well, he goes, when I go to a protest, he goes, uh, the, the Democrat Party, he goes, like, as much as you guys want to say that you want love the environment, you're some of the dirtiest people I know when it comes yes, to how yes. you leave a scene. He goes, I looked at how you guys were protesting um, the Keystone Pipeline. And I looked at it before and after. He goes, you guys are saying it's polluting the environment. He goes, they had bulldozers moving yes, mountains yes. of garbage. Yes, yes. And he goes, and you're going to say, well, you're there because you love the environment? Yeah, it's all hypocrisy. Well, yeah. I mean, for, for every democratic position, there's a hypocritical yeah, yeah. opposite and position. Republicans, conservatives are far from perfect. I would never uh, equate the two. But yeah. if you look at what the cohesion among conservatives, it's a moral cohesion. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we have some fractions, but, uh, you know, I, I would like more to have like conservatives who are saying, OK, I, I disagree on this on this versus a party that moves lockstep where somebody says something from the top down and everybody agrees. And yeah. that kind of cohesion scares me. Yeah. It's like, because there's no debate, we've lost the ability to debate and discretion and discernment and critical thinking and logic. And it's not even taught in the school systems anymore. And that's another thing I'm concerned about is that, you know, obviously I'm going to homeschool my kids in the future uh, with the rest of the audience. I don't care what you do, but, you know, make your own decisions for your own family. But I'm just saying that I wanted to be a teacher when I was uh, younger. And I looked at the school system and I looked at the slow dissipation of the curriculums. And I said, I can't do this. Oh. I can't teach kids things that are not going to help them in life. What they're teaching in the schools today is reprehensible, but that's a topic for another day. And another episode. Yeah. All right. Thank you, everybody, for your questions and your comments. Yeah. A, a lot of good questions and comments. Great I'm questions. very, I'm Great very questions. impressed with my audience here. But anyway, um, this concludes our episode of The Conservative Connection. Pastor Rich, um, do you have any closing thoughts? Uh, no, I think just stay faithful. Faithful to God, faithful to each other as friends and family, and stay faithful to the core values that we have that unite us. All right. That's a good word. Anyway, guys, I thank you for this listening to this episode of The Conservative Connection. If you can, please give us a five-star rating. If you have more questions for Pastor Rich, feel free to reach out to us on our Instagram page, The uh, Conservative Connection, or cconnectionmailbag at gmail.com if you want to write something in. That's cconnectionmailbag at, uh, at, at gmail.com. Thank you, and as always, stay connected. Corn Pop was a bad dude. The Conservative Connection. Come on, man. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.